Welcome, guys. Uh, my name is Leighton. I'm one of the executive producers here for the SA Voice podcast. Today, I'm joined, as always, by the lovely Elle McFeeders. Oh. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks, Leighton. Good. And our guest is Jacob Nagura. How are you doing today, Jacob? I'm doing great, Leighton. Thank you very much. How are you doing? Good. Awesome. So we're all uh, we're all in here. We're all BBA students, and uh, that's one of the topics of today's podcast. Um, Jacob, we invited you on today just to chat about how you kind of enjoyed the end of the school semester with the COVID-19 situation. Uh, everything moved online, as you know, and now you're still doing online classes this summer. So um, kind of tell us how you think that kind of uh, rollout happened and how you're liking it so far for the spring. Absolutely. Yeah, I would say that I think it was definitely a difficult process for everybody to switch over to. I know myself personally, but I do think that the professors at SLC handled it in a very timely and student-friendly process. Um, I do think that the final exam portion of like courses was pretty difficult to transfer into like an online format. But overall, I think like being experienced in previously online courses, I thought it went like very well. Interesting. Yeah, so what did that exam period look like? I'm curious. I would say it was kind of different between each course. Some were broken up into like four different tests. Some were one full exam period. It kind of depended on the course. Mm -hmm. Did somebody have to like watch you on the video camera or something? No, not at all. No, they just let us do it in our own homes. Okay, well, that's good, at least. Mm. I mean, what what could they really have implemented, though? You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Mm -hmm. I'm sure I there's think, some way, but yeah. I think it was definitely new for all of us and none of us really expected it or were prepared. Yeah, I definitely didn't love it either. I'm more the person who needs to be in the classroom and be interactive and be around people to get that creative stimulation. That's just how I work. Um, so moving into the spring now, you've been at, you've been in the spring semester for, is it two weeks? Uh, just coming on to, yeah, three weeks. Okay, right on. And how have you found it so far, just completely online? Um, I would say it's definitely a new experience, but like I said, um, I was used to it before, so I definitely think the transition wasn't too bad. Um, at the beginning, it was a little difficult because I wasn't really clear between the communication um, that I was studying at multiple schools. Like, I guess the courses I was enrolled in were through Laurentian, St. Lawrence, and the University of Sudbury. So I wasn't really prepared for that. And I was a little behind actually at the beginning, but now that I'm caught up, I'm I'm really enjoying it. And I think it's going smooth. That's good. Uh, I know a lot of people can't say the same. So kudos mm -hmm. to you. Um, and you're taking a full semester. How many classes are you in right now? Yeah, so I am in five of the university level courses. Um, I'm taking two through St. Lawrence, which are environmental economics and the world of work. I'm taking two through Laurentian, uh, those being risk management and technology freedom and values. And the last one is through the University of Sudbury, which was interpersonal communications. Um, and on top of this, I'm also studying my Canadian securities course, which the SA uh, provided me the opportunity to take. So thank you guys. Yeah, for sure. So it sounds like you're extremely busy. <laughs> yes. <It's good laughs> Do to you be prefer busy. that, especially like during quarantine, would you rather be busy? Yeah, I definitely think it's important to stay busy, especially right now I'm living on my own. Like, it's definitely important to stay busy every day. Yeah. How have you found the quality of the classes so far in your spring semester? <laughs> I would say um, it's 
kind of hard to compare it to the in-person, you know, like type of lecture. But I think um, it really, I would say there's a lot of value in the online learning system and that students really like develop the skills and self-responsibility for their own successes. Um, it really allows students to learn and progress like through their education at their own pace. And like after speaking a lot of to my a lot of my friends who are also studying online, I've noticed that a lot of people think the online delivery is not really ideal. But I really think it depends on the student and how they approach their own education, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, yeah, do you think moving forward? Sorry, do you think moving forward that this will be a permanent fixture that will have this kind of hybrid uh, learning? Yeah, I mean, I think we already saw that even before. I mean, I had a couple in my college program. I had a couple online programs every year that I had to do that was mandatory. So I do think it's definitely going to be a switch like to have even more courses offered online. Like I think you're going to see less of that if it's not 100% mandatory to be on campus, then you don't necessarily have to, which is good. And for some people, I think to have those options, because not everybody has the time to go into a lecture and do their schooling that way. Some people do it online. So at least this way, people are still getting like, they can still go to school full time doing it online. Um, so I think it, there's pros and cons to it for sure. Yeah, I agree. I think, um... I think from the rhetoric we're hearing from all the public figures that this is here to stay. Mm. I think you're going to see kind of like a 60-40 shift between online and uh, actual physical classes moving forward, which is kind of cool. We're at a tipping point kind of in educational history, and uh, it actually will be really interesting to see how some of the bigger schools, which were charging large amounts of tuition, kind of handle this when their enrollment rates drop uh, coming into the fall. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, we'll see what that looks like. Uh, I think. A lot will be learned and there'll be some good uh, lessons to move forward here with. Mm -hmm. um, but let's talk about the fall for a second. So right now it looks like um, Glenn Ballabret made an announcement a couple days ago that only about 20-25% of students will be back on campus. Um, and obviously the priority given to the ones who needed to be on campus. Um, Al, can you tell us who the ones would have priority would be and what that looks like? Um, well, there's the college is still going through all the different programs to see what 100% people have to get um, in order to get the same learning outcomes um, have to be done in person. Right now, I know for sure it'll be anything involving a lab. So if you're a nursing student, if you're pre-health, vet tech, anything that you would have to do physically in a lab, you'll those are the students will be off campus. Um, there's other small factors that would go into that, but it's really program dependent. Mm -hmm. That makes sense, yeah. Mm -hmm sure and um jacob how do you feel um about going back to st lawrence in the fall completely online this will be i guess six seven eight months straight of online learning for you do you think your mm -hmm. brain will be fried by then yeah you know that's a really interesting question i i've been thinking about that like a lot um as i'm like moving toward as we start to move towards the fall i definitely think i will stay enrolled in the bba program i think it's a great uh great pathway and a great um system that the St. Lawrence College has. Uh, whether we return in person or not, I I definitely think I'm going to continue with the BBA program through St. Lawrence. So and then as so this is kind of for both of you, since I haven't gone into the BBA program yet, like so fall will be my first kind of step into my university career. What do you think? What do you both think that like the biggest challenge or difference between because 
in my perspective, being a college student, I get that hands-on. Where mm. university, from somebody who's ever done it, I think it's partially on me anyways, even if I was in person. So, like, kind of what's your perspective on that? Layton, I think you would be the best, definitely, to start that, that off. Like, I studied through Algonquin, and so you'd know the St. Lawrence, like, college pathway better. I could definitely, like, chip in, but it was a totally different transition for me coming from Algonquin. Okay. So. Sure. No, thanks, Elle. That's a great question. Thanks for asking it. Um, the biggest thing that I found coming from the college to the university experience <clears throat> is that just your access time that you have with your professors. Um, coming through the marketing program, you kind of come um, pretty close there um, with the professors, you know, Pam and Kathleen, uh, Paulina, <clears throat> to name a few, and you just have that personal connection with them. Um, going into the university, you don't, right? And they don't have office hours. They're not on campus. They're usually working professionals who are there after their nine to five job to come and teach classes for three hours on a Wednesday night type of thing. So um, you don't have that re repertoire um, that you would do um, with the college professors. And I just found, um, I found that to be lacking and I really like that in college. So it, it's obviously just a natural thing. It's not a, it's a bit of a takeaway, but what can you do, right? You're still getting that university experience, but definitely the lack of access to professors was the biggest thing that I found. Um, <clears throat> But I didn't find it to be too crazy. Uh, a bit more reading, a bit more theory, and obviously um, just the amount of effort you have to put in your schoolwork to get the grades you want. I know uh, college, you can fly by in a few courses, but uh, you got to do the work in university for sure. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you'd have a problem with that. We have a whiz kid over here. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob, how about you, man? Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I remember my experience at Algonquin College, like my professors were always there, like they were every single day, they were there to talk to you to make sure you understood the content. And I really think that like transitioning now to the BBA program, it's not that the professors aren't there for you, but it's really on your own responsibility, you know, to learn and ensure that you're getting the content yourself. I definitely agree with everything you said, Layton. Yeah, I definitely found uh, myself taking a bit more advantage of study groups and tutors, online resources uh, this past year, which is great because I hadn't really accessed them during my time in the marketing program, but coming to, <clears throat> excuse me, into the BBA, um, it's good to know that, th that they're there and they actually work, which is cool. So yeah. um, hopefully they, those are implemented and uh, they stay in place going into the fall. Um, and the last kind of note I want to touch about the fall before we jump on, uh, talk about something new here is, um, honestly, guys, be honest with me, friends to friend, do you think that there will still be lots of value in going to school um, online this fall? Do you think that they would be justified um, in um, charging full tuition? And I'm not just talking SLC, I'm talking, this will be province Canada-wide. So we'll start with L. what do you think? Um, I've, I've honestly been kind of on the fence with it just again coming from that college perspective and university pers perspective college it'll be super super interesting to see what kind of things they come up with because i do think college is that opportunity to get that really like hands-on experience and even from my program like it was a lot of presentations you did a lot of networking events like all things like that so it'll be interesting to see where they can still justify having value if you take some of those things away. Um, so the college side, I'm a little bit more skeptical. University side, um, just even going based off of what both of you said, I think as long as you're like a driven person, that value will still be there because you're still gonna be able to teach yourself kind of that same 
knowledge as you would even if you're in a classroom. Absolutely, yeah. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Jacob, uh, I, I completely agree with her. Um, I think I'm like really on the fence, but I do think it's hard to say just yet whether the entire value is going to be there. I think the quality of education so far in my experience with like St. Lawrence or anywhere else has always been there. Um, like I said before, I do think it really develops the students' uh, skills and their own responsibility of ensuring that their education is like being achieved. Um, I totally, I, I think, I don't think it's fair that people shoot down the idea of online learning just yet and that the value won't be there. I do think a lot of people have been doing that and like, it's kind of not, I guess to be considered like a stigma now that online learning is totally not the same, but um, I definitely think it's going to be something we're all going to, um, we're all going to have to figure out on our own, I guess. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that definitely makes sense. It's kind of a waiting game mm -hmm. right now to see until they can kind of tell us or kind of give some evidence where that value is going to come from. It's a little hard to say if tuition should be cheaper or, or things like that because you just don't know. Right. No, mm -hmm. I agree. The only real place, to be honest with you guys, where there I would see a huge value drop would probably be coming into my first year. You know, living in res, being with your friends, that online, that social experience, that would probably be the biggest kind of mm -hmm. um, benefactor of that drop in value, I guess. But that's just my opinion. But we'll see what happens. There's a lot to kind of learn here. Um, mm -hmm. So anyway, let's shift to the second part of this uh, discussion. And uh, Jacob, we know that you founded a club here in the last few months. Tell us a little bit about what's going on with First Capital Investments. Yes, absolutely. So First Capital Investment is a group of students. Um, we started the club really because we all had a shared interest in financial education and understanding the economic markets. We wanted to really grow and learn together and we also wanted to be able to work with other students that shared the same interests but didn't really have the opportunity to learn you know they weren't in our, our program or they were just in the school but they didn't really have the chance um our, our goal really is to enhance the student learning um while also simultaneously expanding the student network and lead to great opportunities for both our for both employers and prospective students that are in our club um, we want to provide our members you know with Basic, finan basic fundamentals of financial knowledge and help them understand capital markets, their career paths, and general financial topics for foundational knowledge within finance. That's yeah, awesome. So, <laughs> yeah, 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 we need more of that. There's not enough uh, sure. financial education out there, so kudos to you guys. Um, Thank you. Tell me a bit about how um, you kind of went through the process of founding a club. And Are you guys ratified? Are you guys all ready to go now? Yes, I believe so. We did all the paperwork and we've been working with Terry like quite a lot over the last few semesters. Um, right now we have about 18 members uh, about like we're actively part of a, a group conversation on Facebook and we're always like talking every day. Um, we basically share research with each other, talk about current events, ideas that we think could benefit each other. Our members range from like all different programs such as like child and youth, the BBA program, um, business analytics, marketing, all sorts of stuff. Um, as Michael, as you know, Michael and I are in the BBA program. Um, I think having members from many different programs of the school provides a great, great perspective for everybody in the club and it, it ensures that everybody has the chance to get involved. For sure. I think being in a college is definitely one of the 
best things that a club can offer is just the variety that you provide to students. So that's really, really great. Good for you guys. Thank you. Have you focused your recruiting efforts on students not in the business program? Um, I wouldn't say we've really focused on that. We've really just tried to get the word out about ourselves and try to create as many opportunities for people to learn. And we've been like getting access to um, online education stuff through Terry and through your funding to let our um, members really learn on their own and ensure that they're um, achieving what they want out of the club. Awesome. So just to touch on that a little bit more, what like how do you find the experience of accessing the funding from the Student Association? Because that's something that not a lot of students know that they can access, but it, they 100% can. So how did you find that experience? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I was completely not aware of it my entire first semester, actually. So it was really, really exciting. And I was very happy to hear about that. Um, I think accessing it was not a, tr a trouble at all. All um, we had to plan everything and explain what we wanted and why we wanted it, and we really felt that it was beneficial to our club. So we kept pushing, and Terry made it happen for us very seamlessly, very smoothly. Good, glad to hear. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for bringing that up, Al. That is a great resources um, for mm -hmm. our students to use for funding. Um, so Jacob, I'm interested in joining First Capital, run me through what um, your ideal group meeting or club meeting would look like if, uh, if, if there was one to run. Absolutely. So a typical meeting would be anywhere from about 45 minutes to about an hour. We typically had been holding them on the weekends, you know, to best fit our members' schedules. As a lot of us are in different programs, it's hard to, you know, find, find the time to meet. Um, as I mentioned before, we were looking to educate everyone to about the same foundational knowledge of the markets. So at like a general meeting, myself or Michael Guerra, my partner and the other co-founder, we would present the um, educational content that we had pre like prior prepared to the meeting and share it with the club. We would spend about a half hour learning together and then finish with a group discussion of questions, ideas, and you know collectively plan together what we would like to progress and move forward as a club. We would hold meetings about every two weeks or so as people could make it yeah awesome and is that still are you still kind of continuing somewhat of a chat or a meetup during the summer or yeah we're all still connected on facebook and we pretty well talk about every day we don't do so many video calls as a lot of us are studying and it's hard to find the time but we're always on the facebook chat letting letting each other know what we're up to and how things are going nice that's good so aside from club goals, Jacob, what are some personal goals that you have um, for being in the club? Or is there still lots that you kind of want to learn in the finance area? Or is this more of a chance for you to show your leadership and club building kind of project management capabilities? Yeah, I definitely think um, Michael and I wanted to found uh, create this club to both work with other people and really educate people because I feel like there's not a lot of uh, resources and things available to people out there, um, especially being in a busy world and everyone's studying different things. But I do feel that financial knowledge is something that everybody should have. And it was really important for me to start this club. So, yeah. Good. Good. Right Definitely on. agree with that. <laughs> Elle, are we going to the first meeting or what? Yeah, for sure. Sign me up. There you go. Always, got always happy to participate. 
Two new members there, buddy. <laughs> awesome. Well, appreciate it. Um, Jacob, thanks for your time today. It was good to kind of talk to you, hear your opinions on where you think online learning is going. And uh, we'll shout out the club. Um, send me any information you'd like me to display on the bottom of our YouTube video. I can link um, the First Capital Facebook page, all that kind of stuff. Um, so we can do that when this is all done. But um, Jacob, where can people find First Capital? Where can they get a hold of you? So we are on LinkedIn and we are on Twitter. We're uh, trying to build our network and trying to build this, the, the name of our club and get more students involved. We're active on those two platforms. Awesome. awesome. Sounds good. Okay. Well, thank you. Um, Al, as always, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for your time today. I hope uh, you guys enjoy the rest of your long weekend. And uh, again, guys, thanks for, um, thanks for joining me. Yeah, Absolutely. Sure. Thank you very much, Lynn. Yeah. Thanks, both of you.